0: Have you ever asked yourself, am I a bad therapist? Well, you're in the right place. I'm Allie Joy, licensed professional counselor and registered art therapist.
1: And I'm Catherine Escare, a clinical psychologist, and this is Am I a Bad Therapist?
0: Join us each week for stories from behind the closed therapy door.
1: You'll hear experiences that made us ask, am I a bad therapist, including bloopers, jaw-droppers, and other difficult moments that normalize the unique struggles of modern-day therapists.
0: This is a space with no experts, no gurus, and no hierarchies, just humans sitting in similar chairs.
1: And while we're not the gatekeepers for good and bad therapy, because we're bad therapists too, We are here to shine a light on the difficult decisions therapists face on a daily basis and normalize that mysterious gray area of clinical practice that no one wants to talk about.
0: Our mission on Am I a Bad Therapist is to normalize and humanize our existence as therapists. You can help us spread this message by subscribing and leaving us a review wherever you are right now, whether that's YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you know the drill.
1: You can also help us by sharing Am I a Bad Therapist with your network, whether it's on social media, your stories, or just between colleagues. Every listener helps us make a difference in this field, and we'll always reshare if you tag us.
0: If you're listening to the podcast, make sure to check out our pretty faces on our YouTube channel.
1: And if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to head over to our podcast and leave a review. You can find all of our links in the notes below.
0: We pick a few lucky five-star reviewers to shout out and invite for a 15-minute consultation with the both of us to talk about anything on your mind. From clinical work to podcasting, we're game. Just make sure to leave us your name and location in the review.
1: So today, we are having our first returning Bad Therapist guest. 20 episodes ago, on episode three, we had Nikki share her experience of having multiple clients in a complicated love triangle with each other. If you haven't listened, turn back to uh, episode three and check that out because it is so juicy. And and Nikki is coming back uh, today to share a more common Uh, experience of running into clients in public, not just public, but an hour long yoga class.
0: I know. It's so crazy to think that we heard her story 20 episodes ago. So definitely go listen to it if you have not heard it. And again, today, her story that she's sharing is, again, a bit more relatable uh, about what it was like to spend an hour in a yoga class next to a client. But before we hear her story, I have to read the most amazing review that we got that just touches our heart. Genuinely, every time we get them, I send them to Catherine in a text, and we gush over how amazing it is. So this review, the username is AUL. Alex18. And Alex, if you're hearing this, I tried to find you on Instagram. I could not. So please send us a message on Instagram. But the review says, I'm a college undergraduate hoping to become a therapist. And this podcast has really helped assure me that I'm capable. I had doubts about wanting to become a therapist, you know, like burnout, not knowing what to say. But the people on this podcast have alleviated those doubts. I'm really grateful for this. P- keep, Please keep the podcast going.
1: We oh my God. absolutely will keep it going. Thank you so much for your kind words, and please, please, please send us a message on Instagram. Do you want to read the username again?
0: Yes, it's at a bad therapist pod on Instagram. <laughs>
1: Send us a message and we will set up a complimentary consultation with us so we can, you know, talk to you, chat with you. You can pick our brains about any and all things being a therapist. We would love to help you in your therapist journey. So thank you for the review. And if you are listening and you haven't left us a review, please do so. We randomly read them and pick one to send a little consultation your way to connect with us and brainstorm and collaborate.
0: Yes, but please, if you can leave your Instagram handle so we can message you, or again, we'll just read it here and tell you to message us on Instagram either way. But if you want us to message you, just leave your Instagram handle.
1: <laughs> and before we get into the episode today, it's just a friendly reminder that this episode and all episodes are not a substitute for clinical consultation, ethical guidance, or therapy and self. They are for entertainment purposes only.
0: All right. Well, this is episode number 23 of Am I a Bad Therapist? Let's get into it.
1: Well, we have our first returning guest on Am I a Bad Therapist, which must make Nikki the ultimate bad therapist. Um, But welcome back, Nikki. Thank
2: you for having me. I'm excited to be back again and see if I really am the ultimate bad therapist.
1: (laughs) Well, before we get into part two or story number two of some therapist dilemma that you had, um, for those people who didn't listen to your first episode, if you haven't, you should go back and check it out. Um, But tell us a little bit about yourself and your clinical practice.
2: Sure. Um, So I'm Nikki LaCurza-Drew. I am a licensed psychologist and owner of a virtual-only private practice, I am physically located in New Jersey, but I'm licensed and certified to provide therapy services to individuals throughout New Jersey, New York, Florida, and Vermont. Um, I met both of you on the Teletherapist Network, where I also host the monthly book club and the pre-licensed consultation group. Let's see. Outside of private practice, I teach undergraduate and graduate psychology courses, so I am like full-blown psych nerd going on mm-hmm. here. Um That's pretty much it. That's all. That's it.
0: Just a couple things to keep you busy. (laughs) (laughs) Just me. Oh my gosh. Well, again, we are so happy to have you to return. So let's get into it. What is your second bad therapist story?
2: So my second bad therapist story actually happened in a yoga studio. Um, For anybody who knows me, they know it takes a lot for me to exercise. I wish I was that type of person (laughs) that's like, yay, gym, working out. Like, I'm not, um, never have been, (laughs) probably never will be. So for me to say like, okay, I'm going to get back into doing yoga. I'm actually going to register for a class and go. It was, it's a big deal. Um, and I was super duper excited to try this new yoga class. I feel like many of us like struggle with doing like self care, um, and this was pre-pandemic when I actually had an office location. So my office used to be an hour away from my house. So it was like really difficult for me to find self-care like throughout the week. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the plunge. I'm going to do this. I have a couple of hours between morning and afternoon patients. Let's go. So went to this yoga studio. Got. I am also one of those people that I'm like, I have to get there early. I need a good spot. I don't want to be in the front where everybody's looking at me I don't <laughs> be <in the> back. <laughs> and I don't know about both of you, um, or anybody listening, but I have this like really weird fear. I was like that kid in college that was like, Oh, I can't sit in this seat, even though they're not assigned seats. Cause so-and-so sits here every day. Mm-hmm. So I'm always fearful of being that person in a yoga class. So I get there early and kind of like scope it out. So they're early, proud of myself. Yay. Self-care. Class is about to start. Literally as the instructor is closing the door, this person comes rushing in and sits right down next to me. And like, you know, not thinking anything of it, I'm trying to be like a friendly person. I turn to say hi. And as I'm turning, I realize that the person who just sat next to me was a patient. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs>
0: I I just, I know so many things were running through your brain, but before I ask, was this um, the first time you had gone to this class, just to make sure I understood, or had you been there before?
2: Nope. It was a brand new studio, brand new class, like trying out for the first
1: time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how, you said this was a former patient, how long ago and what did, what breadth or depth of the work happened?
2: Um, Not a former patient. If I said that, I apologize. It was a current patient.
1: Oh,
2: no. Current patient.
1: (laughs) Oh, so currently actively seeing this patient sometime other than right now, later in the week.
2: (laughs) Uh, Not even later in the week. They were on my schedule for like four hours from the class. (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
1: Well, okay. All right. They have a really great day planned for themselves. I'm really jealous of their day, yoga and therapy. Um, All right. So you sat down. You, being a friendly person, turn, and then I'm thinking – I'm putting myself in your shoes, and I'm thinking – Oh my God, this is a current client. I cannot initiate contact.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Like I, I wish I could kind of like look down on myself and like see myself in the moment because as I'm thinking about it, I like just remember me like turning and like my mouth was like open to say like, hi. And I was like, uh, (laughs) just
1: stop. Wait, that's what you did? (laughs) This is, this is the end result? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Okay. All right. So you kind of fake choke next to your current client in the middle of a yoga class that's about to begin. How did the client respond? So I turned, did that. And it was
2: at the same time that, you know, my patient like turned also. So like we're both turning at the same time and I'm doing the awkward. And she's like, oh my God, Dr. Nikki, it's you. Like it's like a second therapy session."
1: And no. I was like, it's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not. And it was like loud. Like
2: it was a therapy or I'm sorry. Now I'm saying therapy. It was a yoga class. So like it was quiet. And so not that she yelled, but it was like loud enough that
1: people like turns. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Hey, how's it going? Hey, <laughs> just a psychologist and her patient over here. Just nothing to yeah. see here. Nothing to mm-hmm. Nothing to see. Yep. Wow. So she was clearly comfortable doing yoga next to you, or at least that was the, the response that she gave. Yeah. Um, how did you feel after, first of all, knowing you didn't offend her by looking at her or break confidentiality prematurely? Uh, what, what went through your head when she responded with such enthusiasm?
2: I was relieved because the, in the like split second, I realized it was her, like every possible like HIPAA confidentiality, mm-hmm. like just like went through my head. So I was like, oh, okay. Like this doesn't have to be the awkward, like, I know you, you know me, I can't say anything. Like you broke the ice and also just told everybody who I was <laughs> Um so I was relieved but I also felt a little awkward cuz also like in that split second of realizing it was her I was like okay like I can just get up and leave that'll probably still be awkward because like class is basically starting I already paid for the class and like that could damage the relationship I have with her um but still felt awkward cuz I'm like okay she's fine with it but now I have like an hour chilling next to my patient in yoga pants and a tank top where I'm going to be sweaty and like I'm not a yoga guru by any means. So like there is a little a little self-consciousness going in to play too.
0: Yeah, that's what well, I was thinking about. Like I am not great at yoga. So if I had to do it next to a client, I I would be feeling so uncomfortable. Oh my gosh.
1: So I, I have to jump in here because You did consider getting up and leaving. Wouldn't that have broken confidentiality in a bigger way? This person rushes in late, sits next to you, and you get up and leave. Not only like, yeah, damaging report, but to me, even though no words were spoken, that discloses some type of relationship
2: that's what also went through my head. But then like the CBT therapist in me is like, you're trying to mind read right now. Like anything Mm. could have happened. Like they didn't know that like my phone wasn't next to me. And like I got like an emergency text or, you know, like I was sick or something and needed to run out of the room. But that thought did go through my mind of like, well, she's running in late. She sits down. Now
1: I just get up and leave. Um, But yeah. No, that's a good call out. That's a good. Call. I was mind reading or I was assuming they would read my mind. Absolutely. So it might not have broken confidentiality, but so you're accurately saying that the bigger risk was the rapport of having a patient, a current patient that you see later that day sit down next to you and you just get up and leave. That would feel so uh, rejecting, isolating. Oh, I could only imagine that session afterwards if that had happened.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Oh my gosh. So she says... Dr. Nikki, it's like an extra therapy session. What did you say or do next?
2: I was just like, hi. And then, like, quietly was like, is this okay? And I don't know why I'm whispering right now, um, but like, whisper it to her, is this okay? And she's like, it's totally fine. Cause if she would have said no in that moment or like, oh, this is awkward, I would have said, like, okay, like, I will get up and leave. Like, I'm not going to make you feel awkward, like, you know, regardless of if I paid for the class already, like, I will get up and leave. But
1: she's like, no, it's fine. Like, and was just like chipper about it. (laughs) So I stayed. How did you feel the rest of the class? Not relaxed. (laughs)
2: You know that self-care thing I was talking about like three minutes ago? Um, The entire class, like, I couldn't get out of my head. Like, she's standing, like, right next to me. Again, like, I am that person that if there's, like, a difficult pose, I'm like, I'm just going to chill in, like, the baby pose and sit here until you guys are all done. Like, it's fine. So, like, doing that and then, like, oh, my gosh, I see her in four hours. Well, now it's three and a half hours. And how Mm -hmm. is session going to go. So it was not relaxing at all.
1: Now I can imagine I would have been in my head all the whole, the whole session. Like to me, I'm sitting here thinking, how much of my daytime energy money am I willing to sacrifice outside of a therapy session for my client's benefit? Like it sounds to me like you stayed for your client's benefit. Is that, would you say that's accurate? Pretty much. Yeah. And I think like the
2: initial thought of like, I already paid for the, the class did come up and I'm like, it, it's $20. Like, you know, uh-huh. if it was something maybe bigger, more expensive, I would say like, okay, like I'm staying and like, we'll process this later. But I was like, if I need to leave, it, it's 20 bucks. Like,
1: I, I don't care. Hmm but I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Yes, the cost, but you paid for something even if it was so say this was like so I actually did yoga teacher training. I'm ROIT and I'd like it was an exorbitant amount of money, a ton of time together and if I were in that with my client, oh if there was no refund policy, like yeah, I'd be like yeah, I want to be here. I want to do this. I I I'm going to stick it out cuz I paid. But just the client's present would detract from my the utility of what I paid for. Did you experience that?
2: Maybe if I did, it was like very brief. Cause like, to me, I'm like, okay, like it's not about flexibility. You know, the the patient could have never come into that class and something else could have happened that made me not present in the moment. So like, I feel like I was going back and forth and like, what's in my control, what's out of my control. And like, at the end of the day, yeah, I took this class for like self-care and to relax. I can't do anything about like I could like I could get up and leave but like it's not that big of a deal for
1: me. Yeah and I want to be clear here to any uh, therapists who are clients or clients listening it is in no way the client's responsibility or fault that Nikki was outside of her her yoga zone like that is you are taking full ownership of that and therapy and clients should not like get up and leave unless they are uncomfortable and want to leave. They should not get up and leave for the therapist's benefit. I am in no way suggesting that. I just find it so interesting that we as therapists operate in communities in which we interact with clients and that does have an impact on how we show up in our community. If we show up, what our community what benefits we can get from our community or services around us. It's a very interesting Uh, I guess, paradigm that we operate in, that I think this situation, as relatable and common as it is, you know, it does highlight the really unique struggles we have as therapists and operating in the community in which we serve.
2: Agreed. Yeah. And the kicker is, I know, like, so many of us do a form of, like, telehealth. We'll do, like, Mm -hmm. hybrid of, like, I'm licensed in four states. So, like, for all i know i could be like vacationing in vermont a place where i'm licensed and run into a patient up there mm-hmm. like it like mm-hmm. again like it just happens it's out of our control there's only so much we can do about it
0: Yeah, I feel like this is interesting because we've talked about this topic, you know, a few different times, like running into clients. Jenna shared how she ran into a client at like um, a carnival or a festival. But this one, I feel like is such a different take for us because it wasn't just bumping into a client at the grocery store or at a festival or, you know, out and about. Like this was like you're in a room with your client for an hour. And again, the extra factor of like they happen to sit right next to you. (laughs) So I feel like it's just so unique of like we talk about, oh, what do you do when you run into someone in public? like what do you do when your hair is a mess and you're at the grocery store but this one of like like we're saying like what do you do when yes you could leave but you're also in a space with a client for an extended amount of time I feel like that adds that extra layer of what do we do
2: Mm -hmm. yeah totally and like you put it out like my hair was up it was like yoga hair I had taken off my makeup so it wasn't like sweaty running down my face and like here we are this
1: is me so did you talk to your client at, before this even happened? I know I do this with my clients, like what, how we will interact if we see each other out in public. What did what did this client know to do or, or did you not cover it?
2: Um, I did cover it. So it's part of my informed consent packet. So like it is written out, but then um during every intake I have with new patients, I go through the informed consent packet and this is part of it. And I say, you know, if we're out in public and we see each other, in order to protect your confidentiality you know it's also with HIPAA like I will not engage with you to protect your confidentiality if you want to say something to me that's fine if you want to introduce me that's fine but like I'm not being unfriendly or rude I just need to protect you um so she was aware of that and I don't know if that like went through her head very quickly or if it was more of like a reaction of like oh hey Dr. Nikki
1: like what's going on (laughs) It sounds like she would have been comfortable in this situation, regardless of the informed consent or not. Yes.
2: Um, And now, like, we had been working for a couple of months. So, like, she wasn't super new, but she wasn't, like, super old, quote unquote. Um, And I still do work with this person. So now, like, knowing her more, like, she absolutely was comfortable in that situation.
1: And how did it go later in the afternoon with your appointment with her? So you finish up yoga class. Oh, no, wait. Or even Question the end of four. class. Yeah, the I was going to say, wait, 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 wait. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what happens at the end of class or even during the class?
1: So I had, like, this
2: inner turmoil of, like, wanting to, like, sprint out the door. But also, again, not wanting to do that because not wanting to make it awkward for her. So I, like, you know, just... Tallying myself, like normal pace, roll up your mat. Don't do it too fast. Don't do it too slow. Don't engage. Like, I was like, you know, tunnel vision for anybody who's not watching this on YouTube, of like tunnel vision, don't look left, don't look right.
1: You were really um, focused on rolling up that mat.
2: <laughs> yeah, it had to be perfect, like no wrinkles. Um, so as I'm like rolling the mat up, she's like, Okay, see you in a few
1: hours. It's like hey.
2: Aww. <laughs> hi. So that's how we ended the yoga class.
1: I mean, I have to say, your client sounds very much like how I would interact with my therapist if I saw them in a yoga class. I would totally be that person. Um, I would too, to be completely honest. Yeah, yeah. So so she said,
2: hey, see you in a few hours and you say... I was like, okay. <laughs> And <laughs> Just left it at that of like, who knows if somebody didn't hear you like say it's an extra therapy session, I could be seeing you yeah. at like the bus pickup line in a few hours for yeah. all they know. Mm-hmm. Let's pause here
0: for a quick ad break. Are you looking to incorporate more creativity into your clinical practice, but don't know where to start? As a registered art therapist, I truly believe that every clinician can utilize creativity in what they do. I absolutely love offering consultation and supervision to share with clinicians how to ethically incorporate therapeutic art making into their clinical practice. I focus on easy and simple interventions with very little prep work for you and your clients. Visit www.cccs.care to learn more.
1: By the way, the number one support for those of us asking ourselves, am I a bad therapist? Are clinical consultation groups. If you don't have one yet, join us on the Teletherapist Network for unlimited peer consultation groups, including a lot of different specialty groups like clinicians of color, LGBTQ+, couples counseling, EMDR, and of course, creativity in the clinical room hosted by me, Allie, plus master classes, media leads, and everything else you need for an ethical, modern clinical practice. Join us at teletherapistnetwork.com. And now back to the show.
2: Oh, man.
0: This so then I true. guess we'll go back to Catherine's question though, of what happened in the therapy session a few hours later.
2: <laughs> um. So I was debating how to bring it up. But in this person's true fashion, my door wasn't even shut. And she was like, oh, well, at least you're out of yoga pants. <laughs> I was like, OK, like we're doing this.
1: <laughs> oh, I love this person, whoever they are. Yeah. So she totally broke the ice, made it a comfortable topic to bring up. How did that conversation go in therapy, and what it did was- you bring up? Like, wh- how did you ask her to process, or did you? What did you ask? What did you do with this? Concept?
2: Um. So I, she was obviously making light of the situation, so I took that cue of like doing the same thing, and I said, "Yeah, you know, it was crazy bumping into you. Like, let's take a few minutes to process this." Um, not saying therapists need to do this, but. I, if I if I run into somebody outside of the therapy room or if there's something like more on like my agenda that I need to talk about with them, like in this case, I was like, you know, however long this takes, you know, if it's five or 10 minutes, like we'll go over five to 10 minutes because like this is something that like we need to discuss and like it's not, I don't want to say it's not therapeutic because it is, but like it, it's not the normal agenda, if that makes sense.
1: So go ahead, Catherine, I feel like. Why, this might get a little off topic. Why do you feel like you need to add time on? That's a good question. Um, I think
2: it comes down to just like, I am big on like the therapeutic space is yours. And like, this is something that I'm almost forcing you to talk about of like, we need to process what happened four hours ago in that yoga studio. And you know, if they say like, I don't want to talk about it, like, okay, that's fine. But like, I still need to discuss some things with you. So like I'm almost forcing them to do something they don't want to do and like take mm. out that time that's theirs. So like informed consent. Do you give them that time back? No, because that is included in my
1: my intake <laughs> hour. <laughs> well, I'm I, I I it was that's a very I I did not expect you to have that policy and I don't think I've heard of it before. So that's why I was wondering. I see your, I see your logic. I get it. Um, and if you had people who said, no, I don't want to spend therapeutic time processing, seeing you in the supermarket. Has that happened? I'm thinking of the other
2: times I've like run into people. I've never had somebody say no, but I've also never, like going back to what Ali was saying a few minutes ago, I've never been with somebody that close outside of the therapy room for that amount of time. Like, you know, if I did run into them at a supermarket, it was just like a, hey, and like, you know, we went down different aisles or whatever it was. It wasn't yeah. an hour doing yoga together. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> so we did process it. Um, she was like very nonchalant about it. I said like, you know, how was it for you? And she's like, Oh, it was fine. Like it it was no big deal. I'm like, okay. Like, do you have any questions, concerns? She's like, no, like, I actually think it was kind of cool that you took the yoga class. You know, she was more interested about like, was I going there again? Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I feel like I pulled out the therapist card. I'm like, Whoa let's talk about that. Like, why does it matter if I'm going back again? And I ultimately said like, you know, it was my first time there. I'm just trying out different yoga studios, which wasn't a lie. Um, and I said, you know, if it fits in my schedule, I might go back to that class. Is this a class that you routinely go to? Because if it is, then like, I won't continue to go to it because like, I we're not supposed to run into each other that frequently outside of therapy. And, you know, that could turn into like a dual relationship. And she did say it was a class that she frequently goes to. And I said, okay, like, thank you for being honest. As I mentioned, I am checking out different yoga studios. So in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, don't go to that studio anymore. Pick a different one. Yeah.
0: Now I'm curious. So I feel like there's so many things when we talk about this subject, where does that question of like, am I a bad therapist or am I doing something wrong in this situation comes in for like for you? Is it like, did I say something wrong or did I do something wrong in staying? Was it in the processing? Like what pieces made you question again, just like that approach or what you did?
2: Exactly what you just said. I like in hindsight, I was like, should I have gotten up like regardless of how she felt like we could have worked on it in therapy later on, regardless of me already paying for the class? Like, did I have an obligation to get up and leave? Mm. And I feel like in that moment, like when other stuff comes up, depending on what it is, I'm like, okay, like, let me call a friend, let me call a colleague, let me go back to the ethical codes. Like, I couldn't do that in that split second in the yoga class. Like, I wasn't like, hold on, like, let me call Allie, let me call Catherine, (laughs) like, let's do a consultation. So in hindsight, I did think like, did I break an ethical code by staying? Um, And I did talk to a colleague at the time about it. And she kind of like laughed and was like, I'm not laughing at you, but like what ethical code did you break? Yeah. And I was like, "It's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I did. Like I didn't break confidentiality. Like this person engaged with me first. I never said who I was to her. I never said our relationship. She said it and I didn't confirm or deny it either. I just kind of like giggled, quietly said like, is this okay? And even when she left was like, hi, never disclose anything. Um, so like I didn't bring confidentiality. It wasn't a dual relationship. Like our relationship first and foremost was therapist patient. And this didn't change that. I, I think if I continue to go to the yoga class and like, now we're like yoga buddies on a weekly basis, then it would change something, but that's not what happens.
1: And I didn't do that argue like i said earlier getting up and leaving could have been more harmful than than staying right mm-hmm. so there was no good clear ethical option here and additionally i want to point out that even if you did continue say that was the only class in your town and you did continue to go you could You know, with with open discussion in the therapy room with the client, you could coexist in Mm -hmm. that class without a dual relationship. That is absolutely Absolutely. possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I think you know a lot of times therapists that are in these smaller communities talk about that. Of Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's a very small town. I am one of a few providers, so like I do run into my patients and my clients outside. Like, there's no way around that, but there's also no other way for them to get like whatever service that like they're getting from me thankfully I did not have that um I live in a very yoga populated area (laughs) um and it was also to me I was like kicking myself a little bit of like well duh like you went to a yoga class close to where my office was you know like I said earlier I was an hour like I lived an hour from my office I'm like you could have picked a class closer to home no But then I was like, no, stop. Like there was a reason why I decided to go. It was self-care. I'm allowed to be a human being and do stuff outside of the therapy room. And it's not like I was like, oh, this patient goes to this yoga studio. I know she takes this class. Like I'm going to go in the hopes of running into her. Like that's not what happened.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I when I had my office too, I also lived over an hour from my office, and I had come into that a couple of times where I was doing something, you know, trying to either before work or after work do something, or like you said, it, there was cancellation or things, and I would kind of have that similar thought, and I also would be like, no, like it's okay, like we can do these things. I don't have to wait until I'm an hour back home. But it did come across my mind, and again, it was almost like that, like, oh, am I a bad therapist? Am I doing something wrong? But like we talk about when we talk about these situations, we we are humans too. We have to enjoy these things. We can't just shut down our lives, but it is so hard And there. And is that like internal dilemma that we kind of, you know, think about. So I definitely feel that on doing things far from home, close to the office, <laughs> don't miss it that much.
2: <laughs> no, agreed. And I think too, like, I wonder how many other professionals, like if this thought crosses their minds, like, I don't think my primary care physician who lives in the same town he practices in. Like, I I don't think he's giving it a second thought when he runs into the grocery store. You know, should I be doing this? Should I go, you know, two towns over? Who am I going to run into? Um, I think like a lot of things in the therapy world, we think about different things or, you know, we think more in depth about different things because of the relationship that we have with patients and clients that maybe other providers don't need to yeah i'd be interested to know
1: (laughs) we we use our humanness Mm -hmm. in the therapy room and so our humanness is on display outside of the therapy room and so that inherently impacts our one of our tools our humanness in the therapy room is Mm -hmm. what came to mind yeah. Now I want to like
2: ask my PCP the next <laughs> time I see him. Like,
1: does this thought go through your head? Right. I feel like the only thing,
0: like, I think right away of like teachers, but on a different level, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I have a lot of friends who are teachers and I worked in schools for so long. Um, Like not necessarily because the therapeutic relationship, but just like, you know, I teach these kids all day, every day and I don't want to bump into them or their families maybe. Um, But again, it's, it still is that different, you know, level to it that, Does feel very unique. But like you said, I'd be curious if there, if anyone's listening to this as another type of provider, let us know what you think. Strictly research purposes. Yes. (laughs) Oh gosh. Well, Nikki, I know we've given some fabulous insight and thoughts and advice, but to wrap it up of like, if someone is going through this or if someone does in the future bump into a client in a workout class or in a situation where it's an extended amount of time, what would you say to them?
2: If you're a human being, like, it happens. There's only so much we can and can't control. Again, like, I didn't go out of my way to go to this class. Um, so, you know, if you do know that there's a risk that you might run into somebody, you don't necessarily have to avoid it, but, like, perhaps have that conversation sooner rather than later of, hey, you know, we do, you know, our, our kids go to the same school or whatever it is of, like, what will we, do we run into one another? Um, but I think just, like, taking taking on like how that person acts in public. So for instance, like my patient, she embraced it. So I wasn't going to like completely ignore her. I didn't have to confirm or deny our relationship, but I wasn't just going to like stare straight ahead and pretend like she didn't talk to me. Cause again, that would call even more attention to it. Um, so remember like you're a human being, you're allowed to see your patients and clients outside the office Mm -hmm. if you run into them and like it it's not an end of the world problem. You know, with my little guys, I say, you know, like, is this a watermelon size problem? Like it, it might feel like a watermelon size problem, but it's probably like a strawberry size problem. And you don't have to have that big of a reaction to it. And keep going to yoga. Keep going to yoga and do what works for you. <laughs> I love
0: that. Well, Nikki, I'm so happy you came back and we had you on again. It was so great to hear this
2: story. Thank you for having me. I was excited to come back.
0: Um, oh, and before we forget, um, again, you've been with us before, so I, my mind wasn't jumping to it. But again, if anyone didn't hear your episode, where can people connect with you outside of the podcast?
2: Um, so I am across social media platforms. I am on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. TikTok is like a new one that we're br- branching out to. Um, so you can find me across there. I'm at Vichy site And I know you guys usually put it in the the podcast notes, um, but you can find me there. And you know on all of those There's a link to our website if you want to get in contact with me. Thank you, Nikki.
1: Thank you. And that's it. The OG bad therapists, Allie and Catherine, are signing off for the week.
0: Make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We pick a few lucky five star reviewers to shout out and invite for a 15 minute consultation with the both of us to talk about anything on your mind, from clinical work to podcasting, we're game. Just make sure to leave us your name and location in the review.
1: And are you a bad therapist and want to join us on the show? Go to abadtherapist.com and tell us your story.
0: Our podcast is produced and edited by my amazing husband, Austin Joy. He also created the music for our intro and outro. You can find this song along with many others on any music platform under the artist Air for Effect. And if you're a bad therapist starting your own podcast, contact Austin for his full suite of podcast and sound production services. You can find him on Instagram at air effect
1: And don't forget, we're all bad therapists.